The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. For oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no! Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready 2-Pod podcast. I am Chris Cook, Hawk, and Jake Light here on the podcast today. As usual, emergency podcast episode. Um, We've been slacking the last few nights with the recap shows, but some groundbreaking news here today in Pacers Nation. Victor Oladipo traded to the Houston Rockets as part of the James Harden deal. In return, the Pacers received Karis LeVert and a second-round draft pick. We'll dive deeper into this trade, likes, dislikes, whatever you guys want to say, but initial thoughts right off the top of your head. When you first saw the deal, what were your thoughts? And now that you've sat on it for a few hours, uh, what are you thinking now about this big deal the Pacers made today? Well, I got the call from you uh, explaining to me what had just happened, and I was in shock. So I was immediately got on Twitter and was looking and reading while still talking to you. And my initial gut reaction was, this is good. Karis LeVert's a good player. Um, he's relatively going to be paid cheaper than Oladipo. He's under contract more. Once I learned the details of the contract and stuff, I was, I was excited because it's like a value move. Karis LeVert at his max potential and Victor Oladipo's max potential. Oladipo's probably the better player. He's proven it when he's healthy, but then there was some baggage that we all know and had to deal with. So Levert, he's returning home, a former drafted by the Pacers. I forget the details of how he ended up elsewhere. I'm sure you guys remember, but, you know, excited. And that's the second time Chris has called me with breaking news, the other time being the Andrew Luck retirement. So this, this kind of evened it out. You know, one time it was terrible news. This time it was pretty good news, I thought. So that's well, those were my reactions. Um, and that was, a, that was a Thad Young deal. They, they traded that pick yeah. uh, for Thad Young. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, like you guys, when I initially saw it, uh, I actually I caught the back end of it. And so I only saw Pacers trade for Karis LeVert and the pick. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, like, why did we have to give up? Were we part of like a salary dump situation? And obviously we had to give up Oladipo. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I love the deal. I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. Like Karis LeVert could easily give us what Victor Oladipo gave us. In fact, if you, if you watched him when he was the guy for the Nets, he was putting up Victor Oladipo type stats and even getting guys involved at a more high, high at a more high rate. 
Um, I think just the number one thing here is the Levert contract is so sweet. I mean, he's in the first year of a of a three year deal, uh, making about sixteen million, and it gets up to eighteen point seven million in a couple of years when he's twenty eight. But he's still in his he's hitting his prime now. Um, and just to be quite blunt, they were not going to get Oladipo for this style of contract. So. I think at this moment, Victor Oladipo is probably a better player, but I would take Levert in his contract. And then you throw on the sweetener of a second-round pick. And I was hoping we would maybe get that Bucks uh, first-round pick in a couple of years just so that we could flip it. Um, but I think, you know, we're going to be in a position now where we might be able to flip a second-round pick in, in a contract for a, a wing player. And uh, I've been preaching we need more wing help. Obviously, we got a wing player in Karis Levert. But obviously, we lose Victor Oladipo, so we're in the same spot. So um, I think we we use that second-round pick and maybe one of those contracts that's expiring and try to get another wing guy closer to the deadline. I think this is perfect. It sets us up for the future. And uh, I'm really excited about it, especially after watching Karis LeVert uh, over the last two to three weeks. I think he could really be uh, one of our better players pretty quickly. And you know that we can get guys acclimated uh, like we did Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. Um, so I'm pumped and I was pumped when I saw it. Uh, I, I never, the only thing I thought was it sucks just kind of losing Vic, but at the same time, does it really suck? Because two or three years ago, we wouldn't have traded Vic for anything. And now it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I think I don't have any ill will against Vic at this moment. Now what, what he went through last before the bubble said he wasn't going to play. And then, you know, saying he wanted to be paid like an all-star, then the reports of him coming out and saying, you know, I wanted to play for different teams while he was playing in the game. It's all in the past now. It was never going to be as deep as what Paul George did because he was a drafted guy, even though he was, you know, the guy we got from the Paul George trade, it was never going to be that deep. I mean, for some people it might be, but not, I don't think for me, he's always going to be loved here in Indiana just because of his IU ties and nobody here is an IU fan, but you know, that's still a pretty big deal for a lot of people. So no ill will. And I'm excited about the trade. Yeah. So this year Levert's making around 16.2 million next season, 17 and a half million. Um, then in his final year, that extension, he's making $18.8 million. So um, very reasonable contract there for Levert. Um, and like you said, Oladipo was probably going to command at most. The Pacers probably would have paid him somewhere between 25, 30 million, maybe some more than that. Um, so it's a lot, it's a big discount. And I think even if Levert can get you, you know, 80 or 90% of what full Victor Oladipo can get you, uh, from a financial standpoint and from a basketball standpoint, I think this was a really good move for the Pacers. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Levert's personally. I, I like his game a lot. Um, in the bubble, he really showed. You know, he was playing on a very depleted Nets team there, but he was averaging 25 points a game. So he's shown that he can put numbers up when given the chance. Um, even here recently, a couple games ago, you've had the saga going on in Brooklyn with Kyrie doing whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> And uh, Durant being out, um, he put up 43 points ago, or, or excuse me, 43 points a few days ago. So uh, the guy, you know, he's he does a good job of, of scoring. He kind of a little bit reminds me of uh, T.J. Warren. Um, I think he's a, he's a lot more athletic than T.J. Warren, and I think he's overall probably a better 
overall player than TJ Warren, but I think he can put up points just like TJ does in spurts. Um, and the other point there is getting players involved. I think he does a really good job of that. Um, you know, when he, when he's been tasked to, when he's had the ball in his hands more, he's, he's put up double digits assists a couple times this year. Um, and, and, you know, he's averaging uh, six assists on the season. So um, I really love this trade for the Pacers. Um, back in November, if you would have told me this was the trade we would have done, I, I would have been very excited. Um, it kind of sucks the timing wise of it, you know, 10 games in, but um, the way I look at it now is you'd rather have it happen now um, and, and make a trip, make a trade now and, and have it, you know, work out for the Pacers over the next few years. Uh, then let Oladipo play the season out and then lose him for nothing. So it, this trade, it kind of felt like to me was Pritchard just, you know, based on his conversations with Oladipo that he's had over the past few months. I, I think this was just him, you know, realizing or, or he had realized that, you know, that they weren't going to be a long-term fit. They weren't going to pay him. Um, and he likely wasn't going to stay. That's my opinion. That's what I kind of think there's, you know, he just kind of said, yeah. When do you think he'll play? Has it been reported yet? When is, will it be the Thursday night game, hopefully? Um, I don't think it'll be Thursday night. I think that's a little bit too quick of a turnaround. With the West Coast uh, road trip, I wouldn't be shocked if he traveled out there for this weekend. The Pacers do have a back-to-back -back Saturday and Sunday with Phoenix, and uh, they finish up the road trip with the Clippers on Sunday. So maybe he makes a, a trip to uh, – to Phoenix on Saturday. My, my thought is he probably plays in the game following uh, when we get back from the road trip, maybe. Um, I think it's kind of hard to throw him in there and acclimate him um, on that road trip, but uh, I don't know. I, we've seen crazier things happen, so um, I, I want him to play as soon as possible, but I'm kind of eyeing maybe sometime next week is when he makes his debut. Yeah, that'll be nice. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, coming out of 2016, Pacers took him 20th overall. Um, so, like you said, those deep ties with the Pacers organization there. But uh, what did you guys think about, you know, all the moving pieces in that trade? Um, obviously, we probably got some more points to make about Levert and Oladipo there. But what did you think about that trade overall, Harden getting moved um, to Brooklyn? And then all the other moving pieces, you had Jared Allen. Jared Allen going to uh, the Cavaliers for pretty much nothing. Um, so now that the uh, Nets have Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, do you think um, that makeup is going to work up there in Brooklyn? I personally don't. I don't think they're the favorite to win the NBA title. If they become somehow, then give me the field. I, I just don't. Kyrie Irving, we don't know what his deal is right now. And Harden – and Durant playing together and all those superstars, like the new big three, in theory, it'll probably work, but there's just too many other factors with those guys specifically. I think maybe they're the three seed in the East. At the end of the day, I'm probably wrong. They're probably going to be really good. But I, like I said, I just think there's too many factors right there to really consider them a threat to win the title. Now they're going to blow teams out. Don't get me wrong every now and then. But like I said, I don't think they're the favorite. I love it. I love this trade for the Indiana Pacers because I think it actually makes I think it actually makes the Nets worse. Like when you watch them, the thing that the thing that intrigued me the most was 
Um, oh, Kyrie Irving's just an idiot. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's just out there. I mean, like, this dude just doesn't want to play basketball. They It just came out, like, 10 minutes ago that um, he was souring on his relationship with Kevin Durant. What? Dude, It's you guys were acting like best friends, and it's been, like, five games you've played together. Like, how could it be that bad? Um, and then you add James Harden to the mix. I mean, it's a lot of one-on-one players on that team. And now you just took one of the most attractive pieces to me was Jared Allen, because he was, he had a miles Turner like quality to them, to him. He didn't need the basketball to be effective. And you just, you traded him for the equivalent of like swapping picks in like 10 years. Like, I don't, I don't really understand that. I also think losing Levert's bad. He's a good defender, good wing guy, young guy who could get others involved when Kyrie Irving was an idiot and you get James Harden, a guy that needs to play one-on-one basketball. What the hell? Like you, Kyrie Irving and uh, James Harden play such a similar, such a similar game. It's it's incredible. And the best one-on-one basketball player in the NBA is Kevin Durant. So it's going to be a lot of stagnant offense. It's going to be a lot of poor poor defensive games. It's going to be. I I mean I just don't see it. I just don't see this working. I think the Rockets got exponentially better, which is crazy to say. I mean, Victor Oladipo, for whatever we say, if he gets right and you get him and basically four first-round picks plus the right to, to get higher in four picks, like, dude, that that's an insane trade for a guy that got fat and basically just got his, it made his way out of Houston. Like, I actually think the team that did the worst was – was the Nets and they got James Harden. Yeah. I mean, That's just me. I just don't think it, I just don't think it works. It's way too much one-on-one basketball and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I think when you look at the way the Rockets are constructed now, they're just like a better basketball team, especially when John Wall, I mean, he had a good game when we played him. He's been playing well to start the year. We know what Christian Wood is. So like you said, Oladipo's played well this year. And I think that gave teams confidence like the Rockets to, to, to go after a guy like that. So credit to him, you know, even though he sat out two games back-to-backs with the injury, he, I can see how that all makes sense. And, you know, he played well enough to get teams interested. So I'm excited for that. A thought that did, just struck me was Michael Grady's job. I mean, he's got to have just like the most <laughs> interesting job now. Does he not? Like he gets to interview and talk to these guys and see like behind the scenes. Like that's, we got to just somehow get him on to talk about that or something. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, he's already, you know, had Durant and Irving there, but to add Harden to the mix, I mean, um, if you could, I mean, just buy all the Michael Grady stuff that you can right now because yeah. that guy's going places. I mean, he's going to be seen and heard all over the place now because people will want to interview him, uh, probably get on some, some other shows and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's going to be nuts for him. Um, but uh, I put a poll up on Twitter. I said Old Depot for Levert. Do you like it? And I did actually just realize it's Levert, L-E-V-E-R-T, not L-A-V-E-R-T, hey, which day, is strange to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I've always like I've always referred to him as L-A, not L-E. So it's a learning experience for me. Um, so, yeah, do you like the trade is what I put. 89% of the votes say yes. 11% say no. And there's 385 votes already. That's after just a couple hours. So uh, a lot of people love this trade for the Pacers, or at least like this trade for the Pacers. Um, 
and and it just adds to this young core. I mean, you got you have Brogdon you, uh, uh, under contract for several years, Sabonis, Miles Turner. Now you add Levert. You have TJ Warren for a couple more years, uh, and then off the bench, you know, you got Justin Holiday locked up. Um, Aaron Holiday, who you know has played sketchy of late, but had a really good game against the Kings. Um, so I mean, this Warriors. team has a this team has a lot of young talent on the books for a few more years. Not saying they're going to compete for a championship, but I think they're definitely going to be in the mix, you know, on those upper teams in the East um, for the next two or three seasons. Yeah, and if you have all those guys healthy, and there's another move that you see on the table, similar like. We have pieces now that are, and we've always had pieces, but are enticing when they play well to other teams. So just to be there and have good players in the NBA is, is a pretty good formula for a small market team. And 89% is a 89% on over 300 votes. is a pretty large sample size of the fans. So I think we can all agree that, you know, the organization wasn't asleep behind the wheel. They saw the writing on the wall that he wanted out and, and they went and did something about it, you know, so credit to the organization there. And my think, next question, uh, oh, go ahead. I have a question uh, no, after I was you. Just, yeah, no, I was just going to make a quick point that I think the biggest part of this trade that people aren't talking about, uh, and maybe they are at this point, but the, the difference in, in money is just, it's, it is a big deal for a team like the Pacers that we need to, we need to put position ourselves to always be in the buyout market. You know, like when we got Wesley Matthews or Wes Matthews, and it just, it made our team better. It just did. Like he was a guy that fit us well. We need to constantly put ourselves in positions to pick up a guy like that. And I think this trade is going to allow us to make deals uh, for those buyout guys. And I think getting that second round pick, that's an asset that um, it's either going to be used one of two ways. We're either going to draft random white guy from Europe that we'll never see. um, Or we can maybe use that and maybe pick up a contract. uh, Maybe a guy that wants to, wants to be traded. Um, a guy that came to my mind that I think would actually be decent for the Pacers is a guy like Marvin Bagley, um, who said he wanted out. I think he could be an interesting piece. He's kind of stuck between a three and a four. And I think we could get the most out of him. I think he could be coached up and he could be an asset. So just kind of putting ourselves in position, just kind of getting some pieces. And then, um, and that's what they'll do. Like, there's no way the Houston Rockets are going to keep all those first round picks on all those flip flops. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're going to trade those and make those into players. So, um, I just think the Pacers did a great job and hats off to Pritchard and, and, um, hats off to the organization for being able to flip a guy who wasn't going to resign in, into a, a player that's entering his prime with three more years of a very, very doable contract. Um, so my next question here is, you know, leading up to the season, um, we obviously had, you know, the reports coming out about him asking other teams if he could play with them. Um, speaking of Oladipo and then all the other stuff that came out, the Fat Joe podcast uh, and everything else, the interviews. Um, so and then just magically, you know, a couple of weeks before the season, everything's just all kosher. You know, they're just seems like you know the relationship's working so it's kind of like they flipped a switch and they're ready to go on this season obviously Oladipo is not committing to the Pacers but a lot more positive in his interviews uh, when he comes out and plays the first couple weeks of the season you know looks good out there um, looks like he's you know he's not going out there and playing like James Harden he's actually given 100 percent so do you think that maybe 
you know, Pritchard and Oladipo kind of had a handshake agreement that was like, okay, we'll get you out of here. We'll send you to a decent location. Um, but we just need you to go out there and, you know, perform for us, you know, for the first and maybe not the first couple of weeks. Cause this, this trade came out of nowhere. Maybe they were planning more towards like the trade deadline or something like that. So do you think that him and Oladipo kind of had a, you know, agreement ahead of time in place. It was like, we're going to trade you this season. We don't know when it's going to be, but we need you to play as well as you can so we can try to get the most out of you. Do you think that might have been an option or do you think it it just kind of happened? I think it for sure could have been an option because I think right from the beginning, you know, it seemed like Pritchard and Old Depot had a good relationship and I don't think anything happened that would have destroyed it that much. I mean, he got injured. They gave him plenty of time to get back. The organization never said anything bad about anything. It was always from a fan's perspective. So, you know, he's a, a former two-time all-star, you know, big name in Indiana. And I don't know how Pritchard works, but I bet we'll find out one way or another if that happened or not, just because a lot of people ask questions and, you know, maybe on a Fat Joe interview, we'll find <laughs> out. That's how this works. Yeah, I think, uh, Cook, I, I think that's a very astute uh, point you had that, you know, basically I could see Pritchard say, hey, you be a good boy here. We're going to we're looking to make moves. We're looking to get younger. Um, and there are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, Oladipo hasn't, you know, he hasn't played. And so, I, I mean, it came out that he, that this trade has been talked about for the last several days. And so when he didn't play yesterday and it said knee injury, like I have a feeling this has been something that has kind of been a possibility. And I'm guessing that Oladipo kind of knew this was a possibility. And, you know, Houston's a great city. Um, and he's got an opportunity now, like you guys said, play with John Wall. DeMarcus Cousins starting to come along in Christian Wood. And he's a team guy, whereas, you know, James Harden just wasn't. I, I mean, I really think, man, I might just be an idiot, but I really think the Rockets did well here. I really think that they got a guy that sets the tone, um, a guy that knows how to change, a, you know, a negative culture. I mean, Oladipo came in after PG, reset everything. He's going to go in there after James Harden reset everything. It's a tone setter, a guy that still can be one of the top scorers, you know, in the league within, you know, top 25, 20, 25 scores in the league. And, uh, and I just love that deal. I think Christian Wood's going to get better from this. I think John Wall's going to be able to ease up and play. And uh, I think they're just a couple moves away from really being able to compete in the West and by compete, I mean like getting the playoffs, which in the West is pretty solid. Yep. And then looking at, you know, Levert's stats here, I mean, he's just gotten better every season. Um, his rookie year averaging eight points, second season averaging, you know, just over 12. Um, and then just, you know, over the past couple of years, improving that over to 18 points a game. So he just has continually gotten better each season. Um, obviously those first couple of years or few first year or so he was playing on a bad Nets team. Uh, then he played on that Nets team that, you know, shocked people and made the playoffs. And and then obviously, you know, uh, last year he got some more run, but sharing some games with Kyrie Irving um, and then this year with Durant. And so, so, I mean, he's gotten better every year. I, I guess the biggest question mark for him is, is I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, I'm very happy about it. But the one concern that I do have is the injury history, which is probably why, you know, he dropped in the draft so far is he was the 20th pick in the draft. He probably would have been a lottery pick, maybe in the top 10 or even higher than that. Had he not got injured in college. Um, so he's had a little bit of injury hiccups here in the NBA, um, missing some time here during, throughout the season. So are you concerned about the injuries there? I mean, obviously with Oladipo coming off that major injury, we were concerned about the long-term effects. 
Um, we're getting a younger guy who has, you know, some injury history. So are you concerned at all with Levert going forward um, that he's going to be able to stay healthy alongside Brogdon, who seemed to get hurt a lot. Uh, TJ Warren, who stayed healthy last year, but also has a history of getting hurt. Um, do you think that he's, you know, this is going to be a problem for the Pacers is just health uh, bringing him on with this team. I, maybe, but I'm not going to choose to be negative. I, in my mind, he's going to be an all-star in maybe one or two years. So, no, it's going to be great. My question is, who takes the last shot on the Pacers now? It's got to be Brogdon, right? Yeah, and I think it's, I think it has been Brogdon, you yeah. know, um, or Sabonis. I, I think those were our first two options. Um, as you can see from the plays that we drew up, that game against uh, the Celtics earlier in the year, the play was drawn up for Sabonis. Um, and then you saw that game. Um, who was it we beat by the buzzer beater with Brogdon? Can't remember what's from... the top of my head. Was it the Yeah, Cavs? no, it was uh, it was the Pelicans. Pelicans. Yeah. So, I mean, Brogdon kind of just, you know, took that. And, I mean, you know, as soon as he was dribbling down the clock, you knew that was going to be a floater in the lane. So, I, I think Brogdon, you know, has the, the last shot here on this team. I think Sabonis as well. Um, I could see it being Levert too, though. I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, he's feeling it a lot more than those guys in games. And if it comes down to it, you know, where we need a, a last second bucket or, you know, last couple of minutes, we need to get the ball to somebody to score. I, I think it'll just matter, you know, pretty much who is, who's playing the best in that game. And, you know, when you have two or three guys who can step up and make a shot in that situation, I, it's going to bode well for this team. I, I think in those crunch time minutes, especially now that you have a coach who, who seems to be able to put guys in better positions than in years past. Yeah. Agreed. I sh like I'm getting so excited right now about this this team and where we're going. I mean, we have a team right now: T.J. Warren, uh, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, th there are guys that are coming back. That I mean, it, we're one. I think we're one player away. I, I really do. I think if we could if we could snarf up, you know, a stud. I I'm serious with, with how young we are. And how we're coming along in the pieces we have, I really think we can compete for at least the chance to get to an NBA Finals. I'm being dead serious too. It just needs to be a piece. Yeah, that would be that would be the ultimate goal. And obviously, we got to get some of those guys back. And obviously, oh, it's going to rely a lot on a new coach that we're still learning a little bit about. And just after that Golden State Warriors win, which we haven't even talked about yet because of this trade, but you know that really kind of turned the table. We needed that win bad, so we did it without Oladipo. So there's some confidence going in that you know maybe the mindset of the team is like, look how good we are. We can beat a pretty good, wouldn't say great, but pretty good Golden State Warriors team, play very well defensively. And now we're just going to get this young guy in here to replace Victor. And you know this is how good we can be now. So. The potential's there for the next couple of years. We've set up nicely, so definitely excited. We still got I mean, Batadze. I mean, think about this. <laughs> at, at any given at any given time, eventually we're going to get to the point where we could throw out Brogdon, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, uh, Jeremy Lamb. Like, we, we're going to be able to throw out some guys with Sabonis and Turner and really be able to space the floor. That's not even to mention McDermott. I mean, we, we – Justin Holiday, like we're starting to get there. We're one big piece away. Um, my next question regarding Sabonis there is, do you think that him and Oladipo have played, you know, together their, for Sabonis' whole entire career, uh, drafted by Orlando, traded to OKC, traded to Indiana? So do you think 
that this is going to be, you know, something that pisses Sabonis off? Or do you think, you know, that since they seem to be, you know, they were very close, do you think this pisses him off? Or do you think that, you know, everything can be fine, you know, between him and the organization? I assume so, since, you know, Oladipo did one out. So um, I assume it should be fine, but I got to ask those tough questions. Yeah, I think the organization has a history of not consolidating with all-stars, um, or even not taking their advice. So that might be, you know, a theory out there, but I don't see it. It has, there's been no rumblings of that. I think you're getting into the QAnon of all this. I, I, I don't, I don't like where you're going with this right now. I think, I think that, you know, hopefully we've learned from our past mistakes. And I think with the contract we gave uh, Sabonis, I think he's our guy. And it, honestly, it makes him a ton better. Like, it really does make him a ton better. Um, it, it's another young guy that can grow with him salary cap-wise. It just works on so many levels. And I think that he's a pro, and he's going to do what's right. And he knows he's our guy. And I'm just going to stick with it, like Hawk said. No QAnon bullshit. Uh, you know, everyone knows I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. Uh, and we're just going to we're gonna move on from there. Um, all right. So, uh, that's pretty much all I got there on the trade. I believe I did want to bring up the fact that I got a Venmo, uh, notification that the last person paid me, um, during this show. So really, who was that? Um, but yeah, shout out. I do want to use this time. I got to give a shout out to suit guy. Um, he, he hooked us up today. Um, you know, we pointed him out one time on, uh, on the, on a Pacers game with, you know, him out there in the suit and we've just made a lifelong relationship with this man. Um, he was able to hook us up with some tickets for the Pacers versus Raptors game when they come up or when they, uh, play next Sunday at the field house, obviously COVID safe environment. Um, our tickets are all together. So, um, very excited about that, but shout out suit guy for sure for that. And, and very reasonably priced tickets, um, that we were able to get here, uh, this evening, um, before they go on sale to the general public. So shout out suit guy for that, for sure. Yeah. That's our dude right there. Suit guy. So thank you for that. And keep hitting us up because I'm down to go to a lot of games next up. We got the trailblazers probably tonight when you'll be listening to this. So, you know, the, Fans are going to be in the stadium soon, and I can't wait to be there. Yep. So, any uh, any recap or anything you want to get done on this show? I know, I know, Hawk. I knew you. I know you watched the entire game last night. I didn't watch a minute of it, so I can't give my analysis. I woke up, looked at the score. I was very pleased. So, what were uh, some of the things from the game last night that stuck out to you when you were watching? Um, obviously, very pleased with the overall result. Um, from the Pacers pulling that one out last night. Yeah, I stayed up and watched the game like a, a savage at the 10.30 tip. I don't think the game got over till it was past midnight, but Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, Miles Turner all balled out, played really well. Sabonis and Brogdon had their typical, you know, good nights, let other guys get involved a lot, looked really good defensively. I missed the last couple games because I was on vacation, but – I mean, we were down the first half, but, you know, we always seemed like we were we were in the game. The Warriors couldn't really get going from three. I mean, Oubre killed us. He, he almost Lonzo balled us, as I tweeted. But, 
you know, very pleased overall, especially in that second half. We, we pretty much had control of the game and didn't let Curry beat us. Boxing one seemed to work every now and then, and, and Bjorkman just finds different ways to mix it up defensively, which I love because, you know, when I was little, they told me, you know, the 2-3 the zone doesn't work in the NBA, and now they run it a lot. So I, I don't know if these NBA guys are stupid and my middle school basketball coaches are smart, but it seems like, you know, the smarter coaches mix it up defensively a lot more than, you know, maybe a traditional basketball mind would tell you. So it was interesting and it was a good win for sure. Yep, absolutely. Pacers playing the Blazers Thursday night, then finishing up the West Coast road trip with Suns on uh, Saturday, Clippers on Sunday. So can't wait for this week to be over so we can have games back to regular time. Um, so any more thoughts before we close this episode up? No, I mean, we got the Trailblazers. They're playing the Kings, you know, Wednesday night at 10 o'clock. So they're going to be on back-to-back. Another winnable game. And just very excited for Carrot Lever is what I'm going to call him. Carrot. Love it. I have nothing to add. Excited about the trade. We're going in the right direction. Get pumped, Pacer fans. Yep. So welcome to Karis Levert. We're definitely looking forward to having you on the team. Uh, definitely very excited with the direction that the Pacers are going. And uh, we'll be back um, here shortly to recap some more games for you. Uh, look ahead at some other games and hopefully to give you some Karis Levert updates as he plays his first few games in Pacers uniform. Once again, want to thank Victor Oladipo for the years that he spent with the Pacers. Um, definitely some great moments that he provided us with big shots that he made. Um, obviously, you know, it, towards the end, it, it didn't shake out, you know, the way that we all wanted it to. We were hoping he'd be a lifetime pacer. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's the way things go in the NBA and, and players are always on the move. So um, very pleased with, you know, the, the three or four years we got from him and uh, very excited for the future with Karis LeVert. So that'll wrap up this show and we will talk to you guys soon. See Levert. Oh, it's filthy. Oh. Karis Levert. Oh, with a little. Added up at 34. Karis Levert turns the corner and wins. And it goes down. Levert beats the clock. Karis. How he creates space, how he uses his body. Levert steps in for the steal. Glides in. Is Smith. Tries to distract him. He does, but Karis Levert. A good start. Not able to hit. He's now four for seven. He's missed his last three. That will count on the foul. Karis Levert with a way Temple is on it. Shot clock to three. Levert has to get it off. He does. Yes. Bradley Beals doesn't get the ball in his hand. Spencer Dinwiddie on the denial, and he's being aggressive. Levert gets it to go, and the foul. Keldon Johnson, all three of the Spurs draft picks from this past offseason, along with Drew Eubanks, a two-way player, and bucket for Brooklyn. A great throw ahead, great finish, Coach Boyd. First time the Nets are opening against a Western Conference team since 09, and it was Minnesota. Levert, bottom, a three. Have to get to that ball. Levert, help from Carl Anthony Towns. Hi, Archer! With him in Atlanta as an assistant coach under Mike Budenholzer. Levert, nice touch. Levert, oh, perfect! Go to plan B. Levert, using the screen, continues with a left hand! Where did you get the turnover? Dinwiddie took the elbow, remains in there. Levert, nails it. A three. Rebounded by Peyton, he didn't see Kuroots. And here comes Levert. 
Kruruk, same spot. Splash! Irving. They were thinking give and go instead. Lovert! Tapped out to Karis Lovert. And Prince has, after breaking everybody down off the bounce. Karis zone there, employed by the Nets, sniper the Grizzlies. And the first season, Allen screens for Lavert, who drives in. Allen flushes it. Harris back in. Lavert for three. Put it in. That little free throw line jump shot. You can make it. Yes. And Harris will run lane up. Lavert for three. He's special playoffs in the loss to the 76ers. And Lavert just going to hit Brandon Clark. Grizzlies turn it over. Lavert straight line drive. Drop feed to Irving. Lavert a distancia. Levantando marca. Vienen los Nets. Allen. A ver. Lavert feeling it. Drives it. Dumps it. The shot clock. It'll be back to Allen. Nicely down to 16. Ingram up against Lavert. Nobody accounted for Kyrie Irving. And JJ Reddick just, just told Drew. He just told Drew, let me get to the court. Lavert said, clear out. The wraparound, it'll be an easy one for Jared Allen. Lavert, two seconds, one second on the shot clock. Floats it in over the in the NCAA tournament against nice. Florida State in Orlando, and he played very well. Inside for the end to take advantage of with their pick and roll. Oh. Karis Lavert, that is. That's up by three. We approach one minute to go in the first. Lavert, three seconds. Lavert at the horn. Got it. Doesn't go. Here's Lavert. Nice shift of gears. Lavert Euros to the rim. Crosses. Hezzy. Highlight. Karis Lavert. Jenny Atkinson calls out a play. Cut. Lavert. Second half of a back to back. Nets trying to deliver the knockout punch. Love Vern. Steph Curry without Clay Thompson has been a completely different kind of season. He coached him harder than anybody else last year. Oh, George. He's got a two for one here. Lavert will take. Lavert will take from him on a nightly basis. Lavert. In last night or on Wednesday, last outing was against the Bulls. Driving. Lavert takes it in. Just keep going, right? That's what it's about here now. Raptors with the foul to give. And that's not just lead for Toronto. They are locked in on this end of the court. Raptors have won a franchise record. Ten consecutive by a dozen. Jordan, that you're covered. The lower deck said they'll stay open late for you. And Levert. Chandler gives it back to Levert, turns and fires, and Boucher commits Levert. Step back for the tie, good. I mean, the Nets are hammering him on the glass right now. This is to be their third shot, this possession, or fourth shot. Since the early second quarter where they were up by one, here is Levert. Mono Ginoli. <laughs> 33 points, 13 rebounds for Embiid with Harris Wizards. Bunga has it stolen by Lavert. Lavert's making things happen. The cut. Lawamu Cabarro by Kurutz. 29 points for Lavert. Lavert. Oh, he's feeling it. Outside by Jordan. 
Lavert attacks. Jordan to the rim. He puts it down. And the foul. Step back. Harris Lavert. 13 seconds left. First quarter. Lavert, little wiggle. And a Marcus nice. Smart shooting it at 35% from long range. He puts the Celtics in front by two. Lavert, the body you bump. Be the Celtics, fine. Or. You're going to be There's no doubt about it. The Nets never looked at this season as a gap year. Lavert on a kick. Lawawo Cabarro. He cans it. It's a little behind the back in tight quarters. Lavert. 21 minutes. Six-point Boston lead. Lavert. Look at this pass. Beautiful one-handed pass off the drip. For the big club. Coming up next on TNT, the 76ers take on the Lakers. Lavert. Oh, oh he can't miss. Karis Lavert is... Lavert, eight seconds. Lavert lob, slammed by Jordan with six overtime. Lavert around Ojolay, banks it home. Nets lead by two. Lavert off the stutter. The floater is good and a foul. Karras Lavert has it, but he gets his own rebound. Lavert leans. He's not human. Karras Lavert back in. Fade. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Levert in double figures and adds to it. Four. Came out with two straight three balls. And he was open on the possession before that. 33 if you didn't come home to start to catch this. Levert. Oh, these are guys have come out of the locker room, Bill, and they're competing. Harris. 72. I'm sure our crack stat crew is on it. Yes. Oh, and 75 at the half, and they've got the on the heels of the Kenny Atkinson announcement yesterday. Levert mismatch over Markinen. Book it a three. Well, it doesn't look like he has that left. Jared Allen running the Levert on the move. Levert a three. Yes. No, it doesn't, but it at least acknowledges. Rainbow jumper. Here's Levert. Over White. Closed on by Bradley. Levert finds Chandler for the catch fire and makes the field. A lot of credit goes to this Lakers defense, but the Lakers have been hitting at a high efficiency. Shooting that well. That's why this game is still What extra classes. You probably had a briefcase to score. No, no, no. He has numbers. Harris will stop. Deliver to Levert to shoot. Lavert, three to shoot. Lavert will, and hit! <laughs>